Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of You Ask Why. My name is Aloysius, and together with me today, I have Li Ting, Alvin, and together we are excited to have you join us as we, as we explore another way of life and offer our perspectives into the unconventional, conventional way of living life. And without further ado, um, today there is no experiments or, or <laughs> dilemma questions. Uh, I'm going to introduce our topic question of the day, which is going to be, why fear to fail? Now, today's question is actually quite close to our heart because from what we have discussed a little bit before we decided on this episode, uh, the three of us have actually underwent this fear before. And something in particular uh, that struck us when we were discussing about this question of the day is that the fear of failing is actually growing and becoming more evident in our society. Not just in ourselves, the people around us, from the students that we meet. There's a lot of people that we meet. We can actually find that somehow, one way or another, that there is this fear of failing present. Mm. And so today, we are going to investigate the question of why fear to fail to hopefully, number one, help ourselves and the people who are listening to this podcast find a few more perspectives when you're relooking fear, relooking failing, and hopefully find ways to reevaluate the idea when we fear to fail. Yes. And so we're going to start one with part one. So part one, ah. Part one, <laughs> parts, uh, parts, parts one. one uh. Uh. Uh, today we're going to start with part one of today's episode, which is first and foremost, we're going to talk about fear. Now, um, since we're talking about fear, uh, let me put out the question to the both of you first. Alvin and Li Ting, can you share with me what are some of your greatest fears? Hey, Alvin, you answer first. Oh. <laughs> hey. Okay, people who know me, um, I think my greatest fear physical. Uh, mm-hmm. Cockroaches. Mm. Oh, no, 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 not just cockroaches, but the big... Fly. The big and f- the flying one. The, the mother of all cockroaches. <laughs> y- you know what I mean, right? I get, I get yeah. what you mean. I get what you mean. The <laughs> oh, that one I cannot. <laughs> okay. Any, anything other else than cockroaches that you fear, perhaps? I, I will deal with cockroaches first. Okay. Maybe it will come to my mind later. Right, other how, about, how about you, Li Ting? Other, what, what, what are some of the things that you are afraid of? I mean, apart from being girly and being afraid of creepy crawlies, actually, a little bit on a deeper side, right? One of my greatest fear is that I lose the people that I love and love me. Ooh. Yeah, so it's a bit deep. <laughs> Not like crocodiles, but yeah. I mean, I, I get what you, you, you mean. So, I mean, I totally unrelate to the, f- the, the fear of cockroaches. I, I don't f- I'm not scared of cockroaches. <laughs> but actually, I do have that fear as well, you know, of the people that I actually value mm. leaving, leaving me. Uh, yeah. So, Alvin is on the only afraid of cockroaches in this world. Lah. I mean, when you talk about greatest fear, right? People will straight away pinpoint to the one that you deal with every single day. Mm. You know, the, the more common ones. But once Li Ting said uh, her, her piece about um, losing people, I think I should be the one out of the two of you uh, to, to fear losing people. Why? Because of age. Ma. So as you, as you grow older, you, you become in a zone whereby, um, you know, losing people uh, could get more and more often. 
Mm. You know, people get old. Like mm-hmm. when you grow old, then your parents start to grow older. Mm-hmm. I think that's an unspoken fear, greatest fear in everybody. Mm. Here, yeah. here, so that actually comes to to the next question that I have. Since we we shared about our, some of our greatest fear, which is we're gonna talk about why do you have this fear? Like uh, maybe for Alvin, you can you you talk about you know you, you are you have a fear, small fear of not not say small fear, but you have a fear of losing people because you are experiencing that process as you are grow as you are growing older. Correct. Yeah, definitely. So how about the fear of cockroaches? Why do you come to have this fear of cockroaches? Wow. I think a lot of people ask me and, and the one that I can remember was that um, in poly, I was basically studying with my crush uh, at one of the McDonald's. Mm-hmm. So it was outdoor. It was at night. And then there were like, you know, sparsely groups of people around sitting, chit-chatting, studying and all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then at the corner of my eye, I saw this, you know, it, it looks like a moth to me. At first, mm-hmm. it flew past and then when I turn and look at, as in my, my friend, uh, my crush, uh, mm. um, she, she wasn't paying attention, but the whole lot of people behind me sitting at the McDonald's were like, Whoa, shuffling, you know, standing up, uh, walking out of that shelter area. Mm. Then I knew that it was not a moth. It was a? It was a flying mother-sized <laughs> mother of all cockroaches on the wall. Okay. Yeah, that, 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 that actually, well, I was quite shocked. It was quite big. Uh-huh. And then I was like, okay, uh, you know. And then Coco the. Coco knew what? Why, why yeah, you so that scared? was the point where I was not afraid. There was a point of time in my life uh-huh. that I was not afraid of cockroaches. But everything changed where? Everything changed that particular minute uh, when I had in my heart at peace that if I don't disturb you, don't disturb me. <laughs> okay. It flew onto my head. Ooh. And I uh, know basically I didn't know that it flew onto my head. That was a you know like when wind um rustles your rust, hair. Yeah, brush, brushes across your hair, yeah. your your you know, gel up hair, then there will be this tuk. So yeah, basically it happened. Tuk. And then I was like, okay, lah, it's just wind, lah, you know. Okay. And then suddenly in front of my eyes, right? I could see the two long feelers oh hanging downwards. God. Yeah, it yes. was. It was. At first, I thought, "Hey, it's my fringe, ah. But no, my hair keep moving. Uh-huh. And then when I looked at my friend who was sitting across me, uh-huh. she basically just back off. You know, the the whole chair fly <laughs> backwards, and then she was running uh, towards the, the the indoor McDonald's. Then I was like, "Wow." She never so even bothered to tell you that there was a cockroach on your hair? Looking at her face, I could... Tell. Yeah, I could tell that that, that huge-ass mother of all cockroaches was on my head. <laughs> yeah, at, so at that point of time, I, I knew that the first thing I have to do is to get it off my head. Mm. So I, I took it. Mm-hmm. I took it with my hands. Mm-hmm. Wow, you see... As I'm mentioning, you grab the cockroach uh, I, I grabbed the head. cockroach, yeah. Oh, wow. And I can okay. feel the legs wiggling oh in my, my in, in, in between my hands. Did you squeeze it? I did not squeeze oh it oh because I know it. that if I squeeze it, I will, I will have get to chop the, off my hand. You get the cockroach pieces <laughs> on the hand, no? Okay. No, no, okay. I, I grabbed it and I threw it on the floor. Okay. And it flew. And it flew away. Away. Oh, okay. And there was a sudden. Uh, 
I, I don't know, fear or disgusted feeling that went across my body. Uh-huh. And from there onwards, I realized that I am fearful of that flying cockroach. That, that experience that you yeah, don't want yeah, to go yeah, through yeah, again. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, because uh, it's the yeah. wiggling, uh, you know. The, oh. Imagine you have a big, big cockroach in your hand yeah. and the legs were like, then the, uh. you know, the, the wings were keep flapping. Uh-huh. That feeling. Okay, okay, I understand. It's understand. different from holding a fish <laughs> in your hand, a live fish. Okay, it's different. I mean, I mean, it's interesting to hear. Like, I've known you for for a while, and I've always known that you were afraid of cockroach. I even saved you from cockroaches a few times. Yes, sir. Yeah, and, and but I've never known the story. I, I, I thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never known the story behind why you're afraid of cockroaches. Yeah. Ling, how about you? You, why why do you fear? Why do you f- have these two fears that you shared just now? You mean the creepy crawlies? Yeah, because I, I also well? know you uh, to a little <laughs> bit of context. I also know uh, Li Ting uh, a little bit. And she, I also know that she has a fear of creepy crawlies. I've, I have also saved her <laughs> a few times from not just cockroaches, uh, grasshoppers, a lot of things uh, for these two particular persons. So why do you actually have this fear of creepy crawlies, of cockroaches? Mm, actually, I also don't know why. Really. I don't have a physical experience like um, Elvin does. But I guess it's because the people all around me, especially girls, you know, they, they like see insects, they run, see mm. insects, they scream. Yeah. Then like everybody shows fear when they see insects. So same thing, it, it just rubbed off me. And now that I see insects myself, I also become scared. So it's it's a it's basically a rub off from from people. Mm. I suppose lah. I mean, I really don't have experiences with with creepy crawlies. Yeah, coming on, on onto your body, climbing onto your hair, riding up all <laughs> down your body. Hey, yeah, yeah. Can I add one more thing? Okay. I think cockroaches are the the they are blind. They are blind la. <laughs> Basically, the more you try to avoid them, ah, like you you. And I don't disturb you, right? Mm. They will keep coming at, at you like, like as if they are bulldozing into your territory. You know, not forgetting going into your shirt, running around your body. I think that's, yeah, that's also ill. Okay, okay, okay. We go, we go, we, let's, let's put a pause to, to cockroach before today's episode become uh, why cockroaches. <laughs> uh, so, hearing from the both of you, right, I, I wanted to, to ask you two. If you've ever heard of this uh, concept between a real and a false fear, so, so, so allow me to explain a little bit uh, about into what I'm talking about. So, um, when we are afraid, right? There, there's some there. There are two ways that we can classify what we are afraid of mm-hmm. into it being a real fear and it being a false fear. So let me put it into example. So we have two of you right here. And for Alvin, he has a real, I will put it as a term that he has a real fear of cockroach. You know, because he has an experience with cockroach himself. And, and the fear of it is the, the feeling of experiencing the cockroach running up and down your body one more time. That's why you are afraid and you will avoid cockroach wherever you go. Am I right? Uh, yeah, that's true. And, and but for Li Ting, mm-hmm. do you find that the, the surprising thing is that have you ever had cockroach climbing on your body before? No. Or any form of creepy crawlies coming onto your body and you feel that, that feeling of it before? No, but I can imagine because everybody around me is, can describe it this way. So that's the thing, you've not experienced it before, but mm-hmm. you don't want to experience 
it, then, and you are fearful of it despite that fact. So is that fear real or false? Let's, let's have another example. You were talking about your other fear, the deeper one. Uh, the one that I'm fearful of people uh, that loves me but leaves me. Why, why are you fearful of that? Um, because I had an experience where somebody that was very close to me um, left me. So because of how much importance that person was to me, but I lost him, um, moving forward, like whenever I have close people to me, I'll be afraid that the same thing will happen and they will leave me as well. Mm. So you see, the difference between this fear and that fear, not, not that I'm particularly comparing a person to a cockroach, <laughs> la, but you see the difference within that fear itself is that you have experienced losing someone before. That's why you're afraid of losing that person. Mm. While the, others is some, the other one is something that you've never experienced before. So, so let's discuss a little bit into it. Uh, I have just shared a few with, with what I would uh, draw the boundaries as between a real fear and a false fear. Mm. How, about, how about you guys? Look, really look at the two fears that you, you have and, and think about whether it's a, a real fear or a false fear. I mean, now that you put it this way, I... I very easily relate to it. Like, if it's an experience that you have went through, you can classify it as real. But if it's an experience that can be real, that happened to all the friends around you, but still didn't happen to you, technically, you are just imagining that, oh, the cockroach might crawl into me, but actually uh, have not happened before. So that would be false, like what you mentioned. I mean, how about your take between a real and a false fear? Actually, when you when you talk about cockroaches, um, I I can justify that it's real because mm. it happened before. But mm. you know, on a on a deeper side, when I look at losing people, um, I think it's in everybody's uh, mind that someday uh, our loved ones will will leave us. You know, physically, spiritually. Mm. But the thought of one day they will leave. That one day uh, is actually, to me, it's, it's false fear because it hasn't come yet. Mm. So you are pre-thinking uh, about it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you bring yourself to that particular moment when, when it's happening. Mm. Versus, let's say you, you, um, you got a call from one of your relatives and says mm. that, because I, I have ever had that experience so many times, that this particular person, maybe like relative or friends, right, is in hospital. Mm. So, they, they never re- really talk much about the condition. Mm. So, when you are travelling down towards the hospital, that fear is real. Mm. Because things have already happened. Correct. It's just that you haven't been uh, on the spot to really know the situation. So, that it's, it's a 50-50 chance. So if you ask me real and fake, it's fake that we are thinking about something that's going to happen in the future, mm-hmm. right? Mm. If it's real, mm. it means that you are on the way to face a, something that has already happened. Mm. So I don't know whether I put it down correctly, but if I were to put your question into that particular losing of people, mm. then this is, this is basically how I look at the two. Okay, so yeah. why we 
we brought it up in such a manner is because uh, fear is one of the, the components uh, that we you always like to talk about when we actually run our programs itself. And because fear is real, mm-hmm. like in, in, in all parts of your life, uh, you know, whether it is uh, about insects, it is about uh, grades, about school, about the people around you, there is a component of fear that is always present. Yep. And, and in particular, because uh, like, like I mentioned to you, I'm in the, the outdoor scene and uh, we, we have activities such as the, the high limits activities. And every time we send our students out on, on high limits, on, on these high obstacle causes, mm-hmm. you will always see fear very, very apparent, like very present. They will refuse to, to climb the, <laughs> the pole, they refuse to walk across the pole and everything. And I perfectly understand mm-hmm. because I was there initially, especially when I was exposed to the, the outdoors as I was uh, climbing these obstacles myself. So something that I learned along the way and, and something as we talked about to students along the way, the three of us here, is that something that we realize is as we were climbing this obstacle, let me use the high elements as an example. Mm. As we were climbing the, the high elements, as if we were walking across it, we are afraid. But what exactly are we afraid of is falling, falling mm. all the way from the height, all the way to the ground to our you know, injury or, or maybe even die. We're afraid of dying. So the, 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 but the question that we always uh, like to throw to our participants, or in fact, why I threw to myself at a point of time when I was afraid was that I'm guarded by a piece of rope and uh, the, instead of oh, not only that piece of rope everything else has always been checked uh, safety has always been ensured we, we clip our stuff properly we lock our stuff properly so the, the question to myself at a point in time as I was climbing the, the obstacles is is my fear of falling all the way to the ground real? Mm. and if I were to fall off the obstacle would I fall all the way to the ground that like, I'm really, really afraid of? so the, the, the question that was thrown is what am I exactly afraid of? I'm, I'm afraid of falling to the ground, but that won't happen. So why am, I, why am I still afraid? And why is there a need to be afraid? So the, the purpose of this segment is, is really for us to just discuss on these grey boundaries between what is a, a real fear and what is a false fear. Mm. And, and from, from the both of you, what you have, you have shared and what you have taken is that you agree that there is a a real fear and a false fear, but what exactly is the problem with having false fears? Mm. Mm, at this note, I'm reminded of something that we commonly share when we do our programs, which is uh, using the acronym of FEAR, F-E-A-R. It actually can stand for something, which is false evidences appearing real. So we have clearly... Um, segregated real fear and false fear and we talk about the differences among them but in this acronym false evidences appearing real it's actually a combination of both which is false fear that seems real to you and I guess why people have fears that are false but it still matters so much to them because in their head um, they seem very real to them, like insects. I keep replaying that um, vision that there is creepy crawlies crawling around me. I keep replaying, I keep telling myself that after some time, it's going to appear real to me. So same thing for high elements. The kids keep telling themselves that they are going to fall. So after some time, it becomes real. So this the, is... So the question is, is, is this a problem? 
is is false fear a problem? Do you think it's a it's an issue or or is something that it's it's normal? It's perfectly normal. Mm. Normal, normal or not? I have to say that it's common. Mm. It's very okay. common for people to to imagine things and believe things that might not be real. Mm. But whether it is a problem, I mean, and uh, in extreme situations where these imaginations are going to stop you from taking a significant step, then I guess it will be a problem. Mm. How about you, Alvin? Do you have anything? I, I cannot say that it's a problem. Mm. I, I must say that it's uh, a natural reaction. Like if you start to fill your mind with um, fear, I, I just want to bring both of you back to the first time that you're climbing high elements. Was there a moment when you climb up to the highest uh, area already and you realize that eh, actually my my legs, right, they are actually reacting to certain things. Like, they will tremble. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's natural, yeah. That, okay, yeah. this is I'm not a scientist, but I'm just trying to find the relationship in terms of when when people are fearful, or even for people who are not fearful of heights. That's a natural reaction that for the first time when you climb up, right, mm. your legs will shake. Mm. So is it caused by the fear in us that our body reacts to it? And I, I, I mean, from my own personal experience is that the more I climb, the more stable I get. Mm. Yeah, so I cannot say that it's bad. It is really something that it happens to, I cannot say everyone, but common is a, one word that you can use. Mm. But you cannot, um, I don't know whether you are able to control it. Like, hey, tell, tell your legs not to shake. Like, mm. no matter how hard you, you tell yourself, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, take a deep breath. Sometimes the body will just react in a way that you will find it weird. Mm. Yeah. So, false evidence appearing real, I believe that it is linked to our thoughts uh, that mm. resulted in how we react in terms of our body. Mm. 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 I mean, I'm, I'm just going to put it out there and offer a very different thing. I'm going to say that it's a problem. Okay. Okay. Okay, I mean, um, I think the, the, the purpose of this segment is to, to relook and reevaluate the, the idea of fear itself. To, you know, to, to stop misunderstanding and, and mistaking fear as just one, one word. Mm. But there is always the, there is this concept of real and false in fear as well. Mm. And the problem of false fear is that uh, in sometimes when we are afraid of something and, and that false fear is what we imagine to be real, like you said, false evidences appearing in our head and, and 100% of that probability in our head. What happens is that subconsciously, we are limiting the potential of what we can be, mm. what is to be. So you see, it's not a very conscious fear, but we, subconsciously our body reacts, our legs tremble because of what we already start to imagine in our head that we will fall down all the way from the top of the, the elements. And what happens is that we will live our lives being afraid most mm. of the time. And I mean, real fear, if you're re really afraid of a real fear, I'm not one to, to, to say that one is really afraid. Lah. But there are some times where it, when it comes to particularly to false fear, we live our lives being afraid of something that we 
didn't need to be afraid of in the mm. first place. And at the end of the day, uh, I, I think that it's a, I mean, it doesn't apply to everything, like, but, but particularly in the scenarios where we, we are afraid and, and particularly so that that fear is false and we don't take it, we limit our, our steps, we limit our potential. I feel that that is a waste. Mm. You get what I mean? I get what you mean. You, you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. so that's why I will offer that they're very different thing and say that false fear is a problem. Mm. Can I just add in a supporting point? Not, uh, I agree with uh, what both of you have shared and I'm just sharing something different, which is a disclaimer. All these perspectives are, are good. Like Aloysia say, if we are afraid of things, we are limiting our potential. But all these are not in the case of life and death situations. Yeah, of course, of course. Because I, I just got reminded by what Elvin said that uh, when we go up the elements, we tremble, we have a physical reaction. I think this is because of um, human biology. Mm. There's that fight or flight um, response system and it's a biological response to protect yourself. So if you see a tiger that's and you start to tremble, it's a real fear, even though you have not been bitten by a tiger before, but it's your body telling you to protect yourself. Mm. So sometimes this kind of biological reaction comes off as a form of protective system. Mm. But I guess the key is to note that when uh, it should be a protective system and when did it become a... A barrier, is it, for you to yeah, overcome? That's right. Mm. When, when does it become a line for you that you should cross to expand your potential versus when you should protect yourself. Mm, understood. Yeah. I mean, Actually, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we are, we're not here to, you know, lay judgment on you and tell you what is the difference between a real and a false fear. Mm. And if you have a false fear, hey, you know, fuck you. The, your, your fear is false. <laughs> you are limiting your potential. You get what I mean? It's, it's not that yeah, we are, not we are here to, to, to stamp our, our feet down. At the end of the day, the only one who can tell the difference is between a real and a false fear is you. Mm. Yeah, correct. And at the end of the day, the only one who can do something about your fears is you. Mm. But the the only biggest stand that, that I would like to make is when you are afraid of something, at least before all of that, put in the thought and effort and ask yourself, is the fear real and false? And once you make a decision, nobody can judge you for that. Mm. You tell yourself that. True, true. So I think the next question, the final question of this segment is to talk about what should I do when I'm afraid then? What 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 will you do when uh, you are afraid? Let's say uh, let's throw you the the imagination scenario. You are in a McDonald's, <laughs> <laughs> and you are you no. Know, uh, instead of your crush, your is your wife this time. Mm. You know you're having a nice meal with your wife, and mm. then suddenly a cockroach comes flying to you. Haven't reached you yet. Haven't touched you yet. It comes flying to you. What are you going to do, bro? First of all, the imagination is not good enough because if I know the cockroach is flying towards me, right? In yeah. no time, it will reach me already. Yeah. Because I mean, okay, let's, let's say that you have time to react. Super fast. You have time to react. What are you going to do? I will take... No. I think if my wife know me, <laughs> I will run. <laughs> oh, okay. I will. <laughs> yeah, I will legit run. And then I will like... Hey, come on, sayang, faster, Co- cockroach. <laughs> okay, how about, how about, is your wife afraid of cockroach? 
Okay, I think my wife used to not be afraid of cockroaches. Okay. I have seen her what happened? Um being the hero uh the, the, the hero saving me from cockroaches. <laughs> but I think it's because of the rub off from me. Okay. That that uh not quite long ago there was a flying cockroach mm. in our house. Mm-hmm. Um she had to call her father in law uh-huh. who lives uh, like a like her father in law or your father in law? Oh no no, sorry, my father in law. Uh, okay. Who lives like a few blocks away to to drive during midnight to come and catch the cockroach. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's a little bit extreme. Yeah, so how about I change the context of the scenario? Now now that you know your wife is uh, also afraid of cockroach. Mm. So you cannot see yeah, uh, she cannot see it, but the cockroach is now flying towards her. But you can see it and you have time to react. What are you going to do? Despite the fact that you are afraid of cockroaches. I, I think you should not put my wife into context. No, no. I want you to, to, to give me an answer. <laughs> because there, there is something I'm okay, trying to I, derive I, out of I, I am very real in, my, in front of my wife. Okay. So if, I, if I'm scared, I'm scared. Okay. If I need her help, I need her help. Okay. So if you put the context in, in front of other people, let's say my students, and, uh-huh. and it has happened before. Okay. Like there's no, no, no other people around except me mm-hmm. and my students. Mm-hmm. And everybody is afraid of cockroach. Mm-hmm. Bro, I tell you, I will be thick-skinned enough to, to challenge my fear. Okay. And, yeah. and will you do that for your wife? Um, it depends on <laughs> situations. <laughs> at, at this I, point of time, when you, know, okay, when, when on, you say on. it depends, you hold already on. know the answer. Okay. No, okay, okay. If the cockroach is flying mm. or has landed on my wife's mm-hmm. um, maybe shirt, lah, mm. I will brush it off. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would. I would. Yeah, okay. I would. Not say not to the extreme. What take the cockroach and put inside your mouth and eat. <laughs> uh, no, not, no, no, not those kind of extreme things. Kind of things uh, but in, I mean, we guys, we have this protective instinct, mm. very strong one. Mm. It it comes out suddenly, at you know, it doesn't warn you. It just come out sometimes. So I cannot tell you hundred percent that you know certain things might happen Mm-mm. at that very moment. That fear, although it's real, it can also be overcome. Mm. Yeah, and uh, I think that's that's good enough for answer. If if anybody who is listening to this episode and you're wondering what to do when you're afraid, uh, Elvin's scenario has just simply broken down into two. Number one, uh, when you have when you're afraid, you can definitely just face it. Yeah, you know, just face the cockroach and man up and overcome it and and overcome that fear. Or the other option is to run away from it. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Yeah. So Alvin's scenario has has simply broken down it into two. Mm. So you see, um, I mean, of course, again, it doesn't apply to all the fears in in all the situation. There's always a lot of different contexts and different scenarios to 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 apply to. But if we were to break down what to do whenever a person is afraid, uh, you can stop me or, or disagree if I'm wrong. Is number one always evaluate the fear first. Mm. Evaluate the fear, whether it's a real fear or a false fear. If it's a real fear, there's two things straightforward you can do. You either face your your fear straight on Mm. or you fuck away from it. Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm. But if it's a false fear, then I think the question that you want to ask yourself is whether you want or don't want. That's it. That's when you have time to... Yeah, yeah, of course. Not not as the cockroach is flying towards (laughs) you, then a few seconds to react. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You know what I mean? Mm. Okay, and I think uh, with that, we we have just reached the end of our first segment. 
uh, which is going to be which is talking about our fear itself. Is there anything you would like to summarize for for this segment? I think out of the whole entire segment itself, I have one thing to say that um, it it is not just overcoming like It takes courage to overcome the fear mm-hmm. because you know that something else that you are overcome uh, that as in you are you are willing to overcome your fear is more important to you. Mm. Yeah. And for me, um, I think I'm, I love acronyms. So summing up what we all have said and shared, and this is an acronym that we ourselves already know, but I would like to share with the listeners as well, which is um, using the points Aloysius have shared, which is when facing fear, firstly evaluate it. So you can think of the acronym false evidences appearing real. Evaluate if it's real, false, or false appearing real. Afterwards, after you have evaluated, um, the next thing you can do, either face or fuck away, which I have another two acronym, which is uh, upon facing fear, you can either choose to face everything and rise or fuck everything and run. So all these... Uh, acronyms that we derive from fear, which I think really is um, very applicable, very quick to remember. And you see what applies to you and you use it to your advantage. Nice. Mm. I think in the past few episodes, why we don't have uh, any of the swear words is because we've been saving up for today's episode. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, if you don't look at it as a swear word, it it can be as a verb itself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a a meaning. Okay. And with that, we're going to come to part two of the episode mm. where away, moving away from fear, we are going to talk about failing. Mm-hmm. Failing uh, as in F-A-I-L-I-N-G. Yes. Failing. So once again, I'm going to take the opportunity uh, and, and put the question up to the table, which is for you guys to share what do you think are some of your biggest failures in life? Okay, um, so I think the one that left the most impression is me quitting university. So I actually attended university. I, I think you guys know if you heard the previous episode and I left. So that itself was one of the most significant failure. For my, for me. Alvin, how about you? What are some of your biggest failures in life? Uh, don't don't say quitting school, ah, because mine also quitting school. <laughs> it's not like that. All three of us biggest no, failure uh, is quitting I, school. I don't think it's just one component. Okay. I think it's a it's a whole entire um, segment of my life, mm-hmm. which is when I was uh, being a teenager. Uh, there's a lot of stupid things that. Uh, Maybe during that time, it was to follow trend, you know, see people do this thing that you follow. I I think a great deal of uh, time has has been wasted during that period. But again, I cannot really put my hands around and call it failures. It's not an actual failing or... or Yeah, to to me... it is just that I could have done better, mm. but not in the sense that I have failed. Yeah, because 
I don't set really high expectation for myself. Okay. Um, for me, I think mine will be quite similar to Li Ting. I, I think uh, both of y'all and some of y'all might already know. Uh, I'm a record holder of a PhD. So not not say maybe the highest out there, but in my, my circle of friends. Two, right? Two PhDs. Two, two, yes. I have explored three different diplomas and I have <laughs> left two diplomas. I've left school twice. Bro, we so, are all PhD. La. Yeah, but I got two. Oh yeah, sorry, I lose oh. to you. Okay, wait, so to clarify, what is a PhD? Poly half dropout. <laughs> okay. Birds of the same feather flock together. Yeah, so I, I, I would if I mean if I were to put a uh event to to the title of biggest failure of my life, I I would probably put that phase of my life where I left school as the biggest failure. Mm. Uh I, I think it's a biggest failure because uh if I were to to look and compare mm. at a point of time to the people around me, uh everybody else was quite successful in the mm. sense that they were by the time I, I, I started my third di- third diploma they were already graduating school mm. or they were doing well in school or they were you know moving forward with life and uh, I look at myself and I was caught in a in a in a position where I didn't have anything that I accomplished to my name where I rest everybody has some for, some sort of accomplishment mm. and and so I, I felt very uh, bad about myself I felt that I was a failure I didn't meet the, the expectations of the society. I didn't meet the expectations of my parents. Mm-hmm. And, and today, if, if again, if I were to put an event to the title Biggest Failure, that would probably be the, 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 the particular event that, that is so. Mm. Mm. Can I share one more example? Mm, go ahead. Mm, because now that I've heard from everybody, mine included, which is all our failure moments are actually what we deem ourselves by is actually not something like a correct or wrong kind of feel. So I, I have another example of my greatest failure. It would be, okay, as you know, we all do camps and um, the outdoor industry is one of the uh, bigger parts of my life. So there was this particular experience where I was doing a camp um, and because I was already experienced enough, I thought um, things would go well. I had expectations that I wanted to, to do well for the kids. Uh, I wanted to perform well as an instructor myself. But the outcome of that particular camp was that I did badly. Like, usually, you know, the, the form teachers will come up to you and say, thank you for a good job. But this time, right, the teachers just look at me with this, it's okay, you have tried your best face. And we all know that I didn't do well. The kids didn't have an enjoyable time. The teachers were just getting by and I was just struggling to keep myself sane until the end of camp. So now that I remember, that particular experience was or easily, I can easily say that it's really a failure, a big failure for me. Mm. And with that, I'm going to actually tap on these experiences. And the next question I would like you to share is, after thinking back on your particular failures, what have you learned from these experiences? I mean, uh, unless the fact that you, you've experienced it and you never learned anything, then that's a different case. But I'm, I'm sure that if you were to reflect deep enough and think about it, these failures have taught you something. And if you were to put a, a word to it or a phrase to it, or a lesson to it, what would ha- these particular failures have taught you? 
I'm gonna I'm gonna share mine in such a way that just now when I say that they are not known as failures to me, mm. it is because it is at this particular moment of my life. Mm. So if you if you ask me what what this what did this failure mean to me? Um, it is just a segment of certain things that you you wish you have done better. So from failures itself, um, it, it is not permanent. Meaning eventually one day these failures that you have, you know, thought of or put a word or a verb according to the certain actions that you have done. If you think about it, eventually these failures will turn into um, what make you who you are right now. Eventually, they are, they are lessons. Uh. And to me, failures or, or failures that, a failure or failures that you deem, deem them to be, right? Um, it is only for a short brief moment or, or to, to different people, it, it represents a different timeline. The moment you can get over it, right? Or you can, you can put another word to replace that particular moment, it becomes different altogether. Yeah, so to me, failure is a word that represents only for a short period of time. Mm. Mm. Leeting, how about you? What have you learned from your, your failures? Okay, so regarding the, the straightforward failure of me doing badly in a camp, right? What I have learned from it would be like, like very direct things such as I learned how to become a better instructor, so on and so forth. But on another uh, perspective, it would also be that I learned that I am not perfect. And not all the time I, I can be who everyone needs me to be. Like, to certain teachers, I'm a good instructor. To certain children, I'm a good instructor. But I can't be that perfect instructor to all teachers and all children. So from that experience of not being able to uh, make all the teachers and children happy, I know that I don't have to live my life as if I need to please everybody. But rather, I just try my best. I do my best and I'll learn from it. Yeah, uh, and for the other example of me quitting school, what I've learned from it is actually um, that same thing. I don't have to live up to people's expectations because the whole reason why I saw leaving university as a failure was because everybody around me was in university and they are doing well and everybody preach about the need to get a degree. But if I were to sit down and rationally think, um, do I need a degree? It would be good, but it's not a need. Uh, then I would, I would realize that I don't have to live my life as per what people deem to be necessary. But rather I need to um, set my own boundaries and think about... Um, what do I actually need for myself? Yeah, so these are the, the, the major lessons that I learned. What about you? Mm, I mean, 
when before I were to to make the decision to leave school, I was actually caught in a, a dilemma. Like I mean, the the entire reason of me leaving school is not because I I don't enjoy school, or or that it was too difficult. It was the dilemma between uh, my what what I I'm passionate about, what I'm I'm re- what I really like, versus what I'm studying. Because you see, what I was studying at point of time wasn't something that I was really passionate in. So I was caught in the dilemma. On the, on the point where, you know, if I choose to continue while I study, I'm not a failure. Lah. I'll just continue being like everybody else. Mm. But if I would choose something that away from it, something that has the risk of, you know, maybe not working out, not finding out, and and the being put to the idea of, you know, leaving school, which is such a bad notion to, to it, and, and in such a, in a term which is called a, a failure in my own words, uh, I was par- par- torn between that two decisions that I had to make. So, um, as you probably know, I, I made the, the decision to leave school. And uh, something that I've learned from that experience itself is that the, the, the beauty of the quote, you know, they, they always talk about life is about the journey, mm. not the destination. It, it is such a, a, a powerful quote to me that I only realized, particularly so after I went through that experience. Uh, I walked a longer path from everybody, sure, yeah. And, and you know, the people who are at my age will be, you know, completing their, their national service by now. But the, the essence of it is that in the two years that I spent longer walking away from, from the norm, I, I found some of the, the most beautiful views that I've experienced. If I didn't take that two years, I wouldn't have uh, much fruitful experiences like being able to go overseas for uh, values in action programs. Uh, that's something that I wouldn't have experienced if I didn't take that two years. Uh, if I didn't take that two years, I wouldn't have met the people who made such a big influence into building into who I am today. Even I haven't made that two years, I wouldn't have found what I would call my current passion and purpose in life. And to me, that was huge trade-off. Yeah, sure, I failed. But the things that I learned from that experience is amazing. It's something that that I would I would have loved to trade that failure for anything. Which brings me to the next point. After looking at what you have learned, in particular so, hmm. would you go back and call that particular failing experience as a bad thing? As a negative thing? Because for me, I, I think the answer is pretty clear. Yes, I failed. But I don't think that failure was a bad thing at all. Mm. I learned so much and I got so much in exchange out of it. Mm. How about the two of you? Okay, which I mentioned just now that if you ask me again to think about the failures in life, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it it can be called a failure. But because of all the things that I've learned from this particular thing or this uh, particular experience that I have, I mean... Personally, I wouldn't call it failures. Mm. So that's why I say it's a transition that there will be a time where it's called failures because you have not learned from it yet. But the moment you can basically get something out of it and and really cherish that moment, uh, it becomes a learning point rather than failures. So the question that I wanted to ask the both of you is that, yes, we are talking about fear of failure. But at the same time, if I ask you to think back again, would you still call this particular experience that you had, like the both of you quitting school, would you still call it failure if you have a better word for it? 
for me, it's, it's to keep things straightforward. Mm. Yes, it's a failure, but it's a failure that I have learned from. Okay. So it, it's still, it's, it's just a different connotation to it. For, I mean, I understand where you come from in the sense that you've experienced this particular failure, but the moment you learn from it, it becomes a lesson, not a failure. Mm. But to me, it's still a failure. If I look back at it, I you know it's something that wasn't so good at the part of time. Mm. And I did in fact fail, mm. but I learned from where I failed. Okay. So the event is failure. What I've got from the event is my lessons learned. Let me come in with a perspective that's in between because I, I resonate with both. So let me draw out the example um, where the, the experience about my camp, which I did badly, I saw that as a failure. But for the experience of me quitting school, now that I were to think about it, I wouldn't call it as a failure. And I realise why there's this confusion on what is a failure and what is not a failure actually lies in how each individual set their boundaries for failure. So this is exactly how I, I have an example because I sh- uh, I've uh, mentioned two scenarios. So let me explain the boundaries that I've set. So in terms of the chem experience, I have done this, this, this before and during that particular day, I didn't uh, do this, this, this correctly or did it well. So my boundary is I did badly. I have failed. But for the example of quitting school, uh, because I I sat down and think through it, I realized that school um, is not an essential. It's not something like you go, you are amazing, you don't go, you are terrible. But it's rather a bonus that some people think that or I would like to go to school. So once I've set that boundary for myself that school is, or at least university, is not what I need for myself right now, then there's no failure uh, in play because it's not something I need. So I didn't fail uh, for not going through it because it's not something I need. So I guess the point is really um, to set your boundaries on how you determine your failures and not to easily assume everything that went wrong or went negatively as a failure just because people tell you that it is a failure. Yeah. That's a that's a very good summing up. Mm-hmm. I, I see Aloysius nodding head because maybe the example from the, the mm. two perspectives is, is really good to digest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I'm actually nodding my head because I, I hear you and I understand you. But uh, the, the, the difference in the, the point of view is that actually... Uh, I think we are on a slightly different point of view, and I'd like to bring everybody to the to the same point of view. You see, uh, and I perfectly agree that you know failures is something that we determine ourselves as uh, after we have undergone the experience. But I'm particularly so looking at a point of view before the incident happened, and and allow me to to draw an example. Li Ting, before mm. you were quitting school. Mm-hmm. Before you have actually quit school, you were on that verge of of leaving school mm. itself. You haven't exactly done it. What did you at the point of time view that act as? Okay, now that you put it this way, the me at that point of time struggling to make a decision did saw leaving school as a failure. Mm, right? Yeah. So you, you saw that particular experience mm. as a failure. And, and, and that's where I'm actually driving at. Okay. So now the question is, uh, what, what have you have done? What we have actually done, right? In a, in a very subtle way is that, number one, 
uh, we have proven that, or we have talked about how you know failures actually do teach you lessons. And number two is actually that, especially from the case of Li Ting, what she view as a failure, mm. after she undergoes the experience, it is actually not a failure at all. But the question is, a lot of people are stuck at that, even before that stage, before going through their experience, and, and they don't want to go through the experience. In the, in the essence of it is that people don't want to uh, fail. fail. Mm. So because people don't want to fail, they won't understand the, the, the experience of the lessons going through and they, they won't be able to be placed in that shoes where and see that it's actually not a failure at all. And that is a very common uh, mentality that we can find nowadays where people don't want to fail. So mm. why do you think is that so? Like we are, we are looking at the, imagine yourself as you're on a, on a crossroad making okay. that, that decision or, or, or being placed in a position where you don't want to fail. It hasn't happened yet. Why do you think that you have this uh, notion that you don't want to fail? Okay, so I can, I can share what came to my mind when I went through the experience and not after I went through the experience. It would be um, one very big factor is I didn't want to disappoint my parents. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to waste the money that I've already spent by applying for university and also the whole half a year amount of time that I've spent studying in school. So all of these factors, parents, money, time, are, are the factors that were holding me back from making a decision and are the factors that I was telling myself that I didn't want to fail. Mm. Mm. Okay. Alvin, how about you? Why do you think people not want to fail? I think the number one issue is always with uh, our our elderly, people that we respect, especially family, mm -hmm. uh, parents. Mm. Mm. Other than that, why they, they why they would not want to fail is because of um, maybe consequences after certain decisions, um, like the, the, the backlash that they, they are going to get from, mm. you know, people uh, keep humpering on the same issue and being low-so about talking about the same topic over and over again. Mm. I think it's also consequences that they, 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 they are looking at, which make them not want to fail. You know, do, do you like people nagging at you? No. Over the same thing over and over again, just because of one thing that you do? No. Mm. Then I tell you, if you do not want it, uh, then many people out there are like you. They would not want somebody to be nagging over one particular choice over and over again. I also have another point, mm. uh, which is about the culture. And I think we talked about this before where we are built into a very perfectionism world perfectionistic world where uh, the, the idea of not being perfect is uh, uh, a bad thing itself, it's a sin itself and failure is, does not fit in that perfectionism mindset yep. and, and because of that connotation, making mistakes, failing is a bad thing. Mm. So I think the, the purpose of this segment and, and the purpose of getting you all to actually share your experiences is to, to actually 
pose the question and think about whether failure, failing, making mistakes is actually such a bad thing after all. Mm. You get what I mean? Like a lot of people withdraw from that probability or that, that percentage of making a mistake and they move away from it because they don't want to make the mistake, sim- simply put. Lah. Mm. And because of that, that fact itself, there is the, the, there's a few uh, consequences that happens. I mean, number one, you, you have that, you don't want to make the mistake, you limit yourself again. Mm. Some, some, somewhat like fear. And number two is that you miss the potential of the, the lesson. And, and what results is that people are lesser and lesser afraid of taking risks. They make making mistakes seem like such a huge thing that when you haven't even made that mistake yet, you're already limited by that notion itself. That I'm going it, I don't want to make a mistake. You get what I mean? Okay, so you meant to say people are more and more afraid of taking risks, not less and less afraid, right? Yeah. Okay, because you said less and less afraid. Sorry, sorry, my bad. So I, I think, again, the purpose of this segment... Uh, is to re-look into what failing really means. Number one, is it is failing such a bad thing? Mm. With all the lessons that comes along with failing, all the possible experiences that you can gain and meet when it comes along with failing. And the, the other expectation or the, the other re-evaluation uh, of failing is that is what you think about failing is is what you think about failing really failing? Because to me, I think the only mistake is the failure to learn from mistakes. Mm. Yep, true. Nice. And with that, we have come to the final part. Uh, no, 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 not the summary. Eh? One more segment <laughs> to go before the summary. Eh? Of the the episode, which is we're gonna go back and talk about the topic question of the day, which is why fear to fail. And the first part of this uh, segment that we're gonna talk about is we're gonna put to light the relation between fear and failure. Do you think that these two are closely related? Yes. Okay, share. Actually, now that I think about it, a very big part of why people not want to fail or why people deem failure as something bad uh, is heavily stemmed from fear. So, what, what other reason... Will you, like is there to not fail unless you are afraid of it? Yeah, I get what you mean. And if th- this is the part where I, I I want to pose the challenge to the three of us actually think about: is there a, a failure moment where we don't want it that has no relation to fear? Let me start on the other end first. Li Ting, why at the part of time do you not want to to? to quit school or why did uh, the you, you you see school as a as a failure? What was the negative or the worst case scenario that could happen? Uh, my parents are disappointed with me. 
So that is your 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 biggest uh, cause cause of worry at that point of time. So you did not want to quit school because because I don't want my parents to be disappointed by me. You did not want, right? Yeah. So can I say that in a sense of of at a point of time, you didn't want to quit school because you were afraid of disappointing your parents. Yes. Yeah, you're right. I mean, not not that you put it this way. It's the same for uh, the money that I worry. Mm. Like, you know, the money that I'm afraid of, afraid, see the word mm. afraid, afraid of uh, wasting. Um, this, this is the fear of wasting money that is actually linked to the failure of uh, quitting school. Mm. Yeah. So all these are indirectly linked together. Mm. And and if I were to tell my own personal experiences, mm-hmm. uh, why I didn't want to quit school or, or what was compelling me away from quitting school was the fear that I couldn't meet the expectations of the people around me, the expectations of the, the society around me. And I, and I didn't want that to happen. So, Elvin, yeah. do you have anything to say about how fear and failure is closely related? Mm, I think if I, if I look back at you know, losing people, it's not the it's not the failure of uh losing them, but it's the fear that I have not been enough when I have them. Mm. Yeah. So I, I don't really have a very evitable uh, as in evitable uh situations like the both of you where you had to make a decision to, to quit school or, or things like that. Mm. You know, where you have to make a decision. Yeah. My mine was not like that. My, during my time, it was just a flow on and, and there was no nothing there was no time for you to really go and sit down and break these things into how we are talking about the topics now nowadays. I mean that's that's why there's a generation gap. <laughs> so yeah, if you ask me, fear and failure, I think they are like yin and yang. They they have to be together. They're closely yeah, related. They are closely right? related. That's all I can say about it. Yeah. So I mean, the, I mean, the, the challenge is out there to whoever listening to this episode. Like, is there a moment where you are, you know, you don't want to fail and there has no relation to, to a fear? That is for you to, to, you know, if you think about it, you can hit back us with it. Mm. But I think something that we, we realized as we were discussing this episode is that when we, when we don't want to fail, there is always an underlying cause of fear. We are afraid of something. We are afraid of consequences if we f- when we fail. Yeah. It is not so much of an act itself. You take away your parents' dating. Mm. And is, is quitting school a bad thing? No, to me. Right. <laughs> Suddenly, it doesn't become such a bad thing. Yeah. If, if I take away the expectations of the society, quitting school isn't so, so much of a big thing for me. Mm. But the, the act itself, the failure itself, is not the major component. Is the underlying fear that is related to the failure. So, back to the question. If I've discovered, how do I discover what I, what I, what I, what is the underlying fear to my failure? How do I discover it? How will you discover it? Mm, like, Think about the consequences. Okay, so let's start there. Once you list the consequences, mm. um, then 
because everybody's consequences is different, then you can start to think about why this consequence is particularly uh, significant to you. Mm. So you you kind of like reach the answer and then go backwards to think about why do you uh, deem it so important. Then you realize that it's actually uh, one type of fear and the mm. other type of fear. Mm. That's for me. How do I tell the difference between what I'm fearing of and the the failure? The, the draw the line between the two. Alvin? Mm. I think that's a very big area to look at because we, we are all brought up in different manner. Yeah. You know. So to a family this might be a failure to them. Mm. Which is not necessarily something that uh you 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 cannot ask the person to just try to dig out the fear within the failure. Mm. Right, maybe maybe following my parents' style is the way that I have lived for my whole life. So I don't know whether, at the end of the day, if they could really, um, you know, just just take out in the sense that the fear was is to, for once, uh, I'm not listening to my parents. I'm mm. disrespecting them. Mm. Yeah. So, in order to find the fear itself. Uh, people have to recognize the failure first, mm-hmm. and, and then really think deep into the consequences. Like who were the who are the people that is gonna mm. get affected? Mm. You know what are the things that will happen? Mm. Then from there you can find the root of the problem. Like what exactly are you fearful of? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be just it it it, it could be just one fear, mm. but it could be a m- multiple fear that is linked to a lot of different things. True. Yeah. True. And. The, the reason why I ask that is because I want to break down the, the, uh, the things that I can do now whenever I recognize that I'm fearing to fail. Mm. So, do you have anything to share? I mean, from what we have discussed today, I think the pieces falls together. Lah. I mean, number one, when, we, when I fear to fail, I, I reckon, like Elvin say, I recognize the failure first mm. and, and I reevaluate the failure first. Number one, ask myself, is that failure really such a bad thing? Is it really a failure at all? Is it something that is bad at all? And, mm. and once I'm able to recognize that and find my answers for that, the second area that I need to look into is to relook into my fear. Whether that fear is real or false. Mm. Because the worst case scenario when I'm fearing to fail is that I'm afraid of something that is false, that wouldn't happen at, at, at all. And I'm afraid of something that is happening that isn't bad at all. Mm. And so the, the, the question is, how do we draw that grey line to this? And that is the answer that we don't have. Because <laughs> every one of us takes fearing to fail very differently. But the, the only thing that we can share in the form of our perspective is to understand what you think of failure is and what you think your fear really is. And when you piece them together, you ask yourself, do you really have the fear to fail? And with that, we have come to the summary of our episode. So once again, we're going to take turns and we're going to get everybody to, to share their final message 
to to uh, the persons who, the people who are listening to this episode. Uh, I I understand that it's a little bit heavy. I think the the three of us our soul is already quite uh squeezed dry. So if you want to make your uh summary short and quick, also can. If you want to talk about half an hour, I will <laughs> I'll look at you and start to cry. So anybody have a summary, final message for the listeners. Okay, I will I will speak on a a general, <coughs> as in group of people that I have in mind. I think most of us are really stuck at um, facing fear. I mean, you have already decided that whether to make a decision on this, whether it's a failure to you or is it not a failure to you. You have already surpassed that. Your heart has already tell you what you want to do. But when you weigh out the consequences of who you have to face when it comes to your fear, like you got to be straight up with your parents or you got to you know, talk to people to, to receive their blessing for your choice, that becomes a pit stop. It stops you there and, and eventually if you, if you don't push on, uh, it becomes a regret at the end of life. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it is not so much of dealing or deciding whether uh, it's a failure or not, but it is the underlying fear behind that decision to you or to other people that is different between failure or not a failure is the one that really stops you in your track. Yeah, so for me is I would advise that you have choice. It's either you fuck it or you face it. Mm-hmm. And with that, mm, I have a quote of the day. So my quote goes like this. It is not failure that holds you back. It is the fear of failure that paralyzes you. And with that, I conclude. Nice. Okay, I think it's my turn next. Um, my summary for today's episode uh, would be a reminder to all to not be caught up with the idea of perfectionism, like Aloysia said. Um, I think I've mentioned this before also, which is we need to recognize and constantly remember the fact that we humans are unique and beautiful because we are all different with different strengths and weaknesses. And nobody is perfect. If we are perfect, we would be robots without emotions. So with that reminder that nobody is perfect, the world is not perfect, um, my, my takeaway from fear, failure, and the fear to fail would be that actually all of this that we talk about today are negative uh, words that people deem it to be negative. So on that note, right, um, I would just like to share this uh, which is all of this ex- um, fear and failure are actually things that make people feel uncomfortable and uh, discomfort. But remember that virtually everything in life that is worth doing involves feeling uncomfortable. If you want to succeed, you have to prepare to fail. If you want to be courageous, 
you have to overcome your fear. So virtually anything that is worth um, striving for will always have that element to, uh, or the darker element to complement the light. So on that note, um, my point would really just be that there's no need to shun away from fear and there's no need to shun away from failure. Rather, embrace them and leverage on them to allow you to strive beyond. So my quote of the day would be from Marianne Williamson, which goes like this. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. So everybody has the potential and it's just waiting for you to tap on it. Done. Nice. My turn. Mm. I think I would like to start it off and, and make two statements. I think the first statement is that for sure nobody enjoys failing. Undeniably, I mean, I've went through the process myself. Failing is not an enjoyable process to go through. And, and who in the right mind will, you know, enjoy failure? Like, you know, every time you go through failure, you're like, oh yes, I failed. I mean, that's, that's you lah. Number two is that fear is also a part of human nature. It is this fight or flight response that has helped us survive into what we are today. So if you put two and two together, what you are experiencing every time when you have a fear of failure is a perfectly normal phenomenon. It is who we are and, and what we have learned over the years as humans have evolved. But the question that you need to ask yourself at this point, despite the fact that it is a perfectly normal phenomenon, is that do you want this normal? At the end of the day, you decide what is a real fear, what is a false fear. You decide what are the pros and cons of failing. You are the only one who can, who can make a stand and, and say it for yourself. And you decide about what you want to do about the fear to fail. You have the power. But through it all, you need to remember that if you want something, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And with that, we have just talked about today's episode, which is why fear to fail, and the reflective questions that we would like, just like to put out there to those who are still listening to this very long episode today, eh? <laughs> this is, which is, why fear? And, and what are you really afraid of? Why are you afraid? Why fail? Which is, what do you really think about failing that is so bad? And finally, why do you fear to fail? And with that, my name is Aloysius. My name is Elvin. And I'm Li Thank you for listening to You Ask Why. Why.